Everybody's working. With that time's yours. How about a regular season edition of Times Ours here on The Athletic? I think that sounds wonderful. What do you guys think? I am so excited for actual <laughs> game planning of opponents for an actual win-loss record. <laughs> Seth, say something. That was, that, was, that was the voice equivalent. You know that gif of the soccer coach like freaking out on the field with flames shooting out of his head? That was the voice equivalent of that. <laughs> Nate is going to explode. I love it. I'm psyched. Those are the voices of Nate Taylor and Seth Kaiser, respectively. I'm Joshua Briscoe. This is Times Ours right here on The Athletic. We're doing shows every Monday and Friday. I'm going to have to remind you of these things at the beginning, at least for a little while, because Mondays, you can get us wherever. So if you're listening to this show uh, through Apple Podcasts, go give us a rating, give us a review, unless you don't want to give us five stars, in which case, honestly, you can go listen to some other podcast. But we're a five-star program in all of our minds, so rate us and, and review us over over there and let us know what you think about the show it really helps us out if you uh if you get on that towards the beginning of this show's existence or if you're not yet subscribed to the athletic do that already because you can get the friday shows as well monday you can get wherever but fridays are exclusively on the athletic and we're going to do game previews there every week so come on over if you are uh looking for a deal we all tweeted out the links whenever the show launched 40 percent off for the athletic it's three dollars a month seth has previously said that uh if you can't find three dollars a month to dm him on twitter and he will help you budget your life to save you three dollars a month and now you're subscribed to the athletic seth does that offer still stand that does still stand hey you know what if someone can't find three dollars in their budget i will go through with them line by line yes. and find that three dollars for them uh nate what will you do to help someone who can't find three dollars if you dm josh briscoe nope 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 don't, don't dm me <laughs> yeah please please leave my dms uh clean uh but i i, I think <laughs> uh i would be the person who would just you know just casually you know get some peer pressure like hey so-and-so's doing it Seth's doing it. We got the podcast. You've wanted this for like a year. Like, where you been? Like, the season's starting. You're missing out. It's only three ninety nine. Even three dollars. It's Labor Day. Are you are you stepping on my Stewie Griffin? Well, it was just it was just me. It was just me gently, you know, gently pushing you. Towards coming up. Listen, here's the other thing. That Chiefs hat you just bought is thirty six dollars. I right. I know because I just bought a, a hat in Tampa, not a Chiefs hat, but I, I bought a hat in Tampa Bay. It's Tampa Bay Devil Rays. Had to throw back. It's beautiful. Not important. What is important is that hat was thirty six dollars. You love the Chiefs so much. You bought that thirty six dollar hat. How about you spend thirty six dollars over the course of a year to get way smarter and also great content? Is that not worth your your time and investment? It is. I'm telling you, it is. I'm not I'm not arguing about it anymore. I think our bullying is complete. I think so. I think we have fully. Yeah. I think we have fully bullied the listeners. Yeah. Uh, all right. So yeah. we actually have a handful of things we can talk about now, guys. We can actually go about uh, talking about not just the roster cutdowns that have happened instead of speculating. We will talk about the fate of uh, Jody Fordson and uh, and uh, Cody Thompson because I know those two names matter so much to each of you respectively. Um, but we have to start with what was sort of the surprise story. Not a huge shock that the Bills released LaShawn McCoy because uh, they have Frank Gore. And even though he's 97 years old, he's still going to run for 3.7 yards a carry. Um, but LaShawn McCoy gets cut. Then the Chiefs bring him in on a one-year deal with a pretty good amount of guaranteed money involved. It's a little surprising because it's the same week they cut Carlos Hyde, adding a fourth running back to the room if you're not counting Traymond Smith, which I'm not for all intents and purposes. Um 
Nate, what do you, what did you make of the move there? Why did the Chiefs bring in LaShawn McCoy? Yeah, it, it's a it's a fun topic just because it's clear that for years, ever since I came on the beat, honestly, and that was last year during the draft, uh, people just told me like, man, when when Andy Reid and Brett Veach like you know got LaShawn McCoy in the draft, like they thought they had won a championship. And to be honest, LaShawn McCoy is awesome at football. Um, yeah. particularly during his time in Philly. And so whenever we'd ask Andy, hey, how did you know Patrick Mahomes was going to be good? He would always sort of go back to, well, I trust Brett Veach for his scouting eye, particularly on offense. And he used to just kill me about like, hey, you got to watch more tape of LaShawn McCoy. Like, dude, I'm running the Philadelphia Eagles. It's week seven. What are you talking about? And <laughs> right. Brett Veach would just be like, look, keep watching the film. To the point where they obviously – you know, put him very high on their draft board, and they drafted him. And ever since the two parties have left, LaShawn and Brett Veach and Andy Reid, they've always sort of talked very highly of one another. So when it came out pretty early on cutdown day Saturday that LaShawn was going to be sort of the cap casualty for the Bills because they have a, a, a young rookie who seems to be developing well in Singletary, everyone in the league knew. Um if this is where we think we're going, if this is where we think this is going, um, Andy Reid and Brett Veach are on the phone. Like, like hey, man, hey, yeah. hey, we love you. Like, let's do this. <laughs> One last job. Let's get this right. Super Bowl. You know? Like, and so the, the Los Angeles Chargers job. are like, hey, man, we have actual, like, we have an actual need because, like, uh, we're right. not going to give money to Melvin Gordon. Like, we'll do whatever right. it takes. Like, just don't go to Kansas City. So for the course of, like, an eight-hour time frame, my understanding is, is that, it was either Chargers or Chiefs, and obviously the relationship between Andy Reid, Brad Veach, the idea that like you could play next to Patrick Mahomes, and the touches aren't going to be not even what they were last year, right? His touches may go down, but his efficiency may go up, which is obviously what Seth suggested in his story in The Athletic, which I would encourage you to read. But like because of the way it all processed, and we talked to Brad Veach in a conference call, all the writers did, on Saturday afternoon, and it's just like, hey, uh... We see that they cut him. What do you think, Brett? And Brett's like, well, you know, it hasn't hit the league rules yet. Like, you know, until we see it across the transaction report. I mean, I I can't speak too much about it. But obviously, we'll keep we'll keep things abreast as we go along. And it's just like he's just filibustering because it's like, yeah, as soon as I get off the phone with you guys, I'm calling LaShawn right back. You know, right. so um, I had mentioned it on Friday in our Friday show. Like, hey, you know. I just want to get through cut down day, and then I want to take the wife out for, like, a lovely, nice anniversary dinner. I kid you not. We're at dinner. We're finishing up dinner. Oh. We're, doing, we're doing dessert. <laughs> oh. I'm, like, not keeping track of anything at this point because I'm just, you know, giving attention to my wife. And then the Sean McCoy news happens, and I'm like, oh, of course. Like, you guys couldn't wait till Sunday morning? Like, no. Like, let's, right. let's, just, let's just get this thing going. So the fun part is, is, you know, being in Kansas City, understanding that, it's Labor Day weekend. The season's right around the corner. I, I tell Holly the news. I'm like, hey, they got LaShawn McCoy. Like, it, this is what I sort of assumed. But I guess it went quicker than than I than I realized or that I sort of uh, anticipated. Hoped. Yeah, even hoped, yeah, for my own personal benefit. And so two guys at two tables across from us are like, did you just see that the Chiefs signed LaShawn McCoy? Like, oh, my God, we got LaShawn McCoy. Like, so – the, the news sort of went very quickly in the restaurant, and so that was cool to see. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this is, a, this, is, this is the luxury of having a Super Bowl contending team where a guy who's got a little bit of juice left can help you 
um, not only win the division, keep you away from a division opponent, but now has the possibility of, of gaining some real traction because he fits Andy Reid's system so well, and which is why he was so successful in Philadelphia to begin with. As Nate mentioned, Seth just had, uh, put up a film review up on The Athletic of LaShawn McCoy. And you look at his stuff from last year, Seth, because last year in Buffalo wasn't great. And I actually have a few stats that did not come up in your article that I want to bring up in a minute. But but Nate says it's a guy with a little bit of juice left. You went through to find out how much juice does LaShawn McCoy have left? Uh, I think he's got some left. So obviously uh, his yards per carry, his total yards, his touchdowns, everything was like a career low for him last year. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I just assumed, because he's 31 now, I just assumed that he'd maybe run out of juice, whatever, it happens. Um, so I, I figure I'll turn on the film. And the first uh, the first game that I just kind of flip on casually, the first carry, he just he gets the handoff and runs into a wall immediately. Yeah. It was Baltimore. And I was it was his first carry of the season. And then the next, like, three were like that. And I thought, well, that's less than ideal. Um, right. and, and so it was so bad. It was so bad. So then I was like, well, I watched a few from Baltimore. I'm like, oh, I'm going to skip ahead. So I skipped ahead to the end of the season to like the Miami game. I'm like, oh, Miami sucks. This will be different. First carry runs into a wall. I'm like, oh, my mm-hmm. God. Like, and so I, I, I watched probably a few dozen snaps of his and so many of them. There was just nowhere to go with the ball. And I was just like, I, I can't, I, how do I quantify this? Because people aren't going to believe me if I'm like, well, the blocking was bad. You know, because right. it, it doesn't sound like anything. So I had to do my very favorite thing in the world, and I invented a stat called dead plays. Yeah, although then then I then I also quantified it into death percentage, and it started death like percentage I was, was yeah, oh, it was so getting good. out there. No, no, <laughs> yeah. no, it was yes. great. I love death percentage. I didn't, I didn't want to mention it, but yeah, it, it's it's awesome. Yeah, the clips you put in the story, I'm just like, yo, like there's a reason Buffalo got rid of all them dudes on the offensive line this year, right? <laughs> yeah, they. Right. I, I think four out of five. And yes. so it is, it was so ugly. And so all I could, so I actually went through that. Over 60% of the handoffs LaShawn McCoy took last year were dead plays. And by dead plays, I was really strict about it. Like when he had enough blocking to just run forward for three yards, I didn't call that a dead play. It was yeah. only when he was met at the line of scrimmage or in the backfield. It was so bad, guys. He had to perform, and this is in the article. You should really check it out because, like Josh said, if you're not subscribed to The Athletic, I don't know what you're doing with yourself. But you saw plays. Yeah, what, what are we doing with ourselves? Really? Let, let's talk about that. But first, let's talk about McCoy. I, he would have to perform miracles to get some, like, two-yard gains. Like, there were plays where he'd shake three or four tackles to gain a yard. And so some of the biggest play, like some of the biggest games that really dragged down his average were against like New England and Chicago. Mm -hmm. So I made sure to watch those. And I like, I wanted to like call him and be like, dude, Shady, (laughs) it's okay, man. Like you are doing your best because you could see it. He would get, he would get tackled and you'd see him just like, oh God. And he was like me after Mm -hmm. watching my kids for longer than 10 minutes. And right. it was just so he, he was so disheartened, and the fact that he was playing hard still at the end of the season to me is a testament. So I I I, I wanted to gauge on his film. So the reason I cover all that is. If you're going to do box score analysis with him, let me just tell you, you are missing something. The reason people say running backs don't matter isn't because they literally don't matter. It's more of a statement to the fact that the running game is not as important and also that the system and the blocking makes such a huge difference. And I have never, 
Never. And I don't know what the PFF stats are for that line or whatever, but I have never watched run blocking that bad on like a team-wide basis. When watching the clips that, that you point out, Seth, either on Twitter or in the story on The Athletic. On TheAthletic.com. Yes, TheAthletic.com. Please read us. The, the, the idea is that <laughs> Buffalo's, Buffalo's offense was more like, hey, hit the hole. Like, get up, make one cut, you know, move it. Right. Where I feel like Andy Reid's offense will be a little bit more predicated on getting linebackers to move side to side. And yeah, there's yep. no there, – even if the Bills did misdirection, it's like, did you really believe it? You know, god. like – Oh, my god. <laughs> even it with was their worse roster, when they did that. Right, right, exactly. Even with their even with their roster, it's like, well, LaShawn McCoy is still like an above-average player compared to all these other dudes. So, like – we should probably key on him before right. anybody goes in motion or anybody sort of does this sort of, sort of double motion. So, like, there there's a, there was a system in place where they were just like, hey, we know our offensive line is not particularly good, so, like, let's just get up field as much as we can. And, hey, if you have to make a cutback, if you have to, do, if you have to be Barry Sanders, which you kind of show in some of these clips, do your best Barry Sanders impression and, like, sort of make okay. four guys miss and go all the way across the field if you have to, even if, like, the play is oh designed to not have that happen. But oh, with Andy so and the Chiefs offense, it's going to be predicated on zone reads. They're going to be run RPOs, which I don't really know that Buffalo did a ton. At least there's not shown in these clips that you that you put out, Seth. But, like, there's going to be more variety. Yeah. And that gives a running back more chances to find holes or to get the defense to think or to give Lyman the chance to get to the second level, which was, like, impossible for Buffalo last year for sort of a lineman to get to a linebacker and comfortably have a chance to block him for the running back to get, you know, seven or eight yards versus two to three. Um, all those things, I think, should benefit LaShawn um, once he sort of learns the offense, gets more comfortable with it, with the idea of like, hey, here are these plays that are going to make you work for a sort of change of pace to Damian Williams. So, Seth, how much has LaShawn McCoy, I guess, for lack of a better sure. word, deteriorated? Because the way that Andy sure. Reid uses running backs, inarguable. The fact that they know each other, inarguable. The fact that LaShawn McCoy in his prime, as you right here, was maybe the perfect uh, running back for Andy Reid. Borderline inarguable, I would say. But the top-end speed, we know, is lessened a little bit. But where's the quickness? Where are the rest of the physical traits at this point in his career? Sure. He, generally speaking, still made the first defender miss almost every time. I don't know if he's quite as freakishly quick, but he is still quicker than any... I mean, his his cuts are still quicker in terms of juking guys out. He's always moved in kind of like this herky-jerky style that was kind of a weird thing to watch because it's so unique. He's still way better at that and quicker than any running back on the Chiefs roster. If, and you got to remember, the, the, the age in dog years at this point... If he's the same guy he was in 2018, still very quick, very good at making guys miss in space, whether it's a defensive lineman or defensive back. He humiliated more than a few guys. You know, they call, you know, you make him do the Lord's prayer where they, you know, they clap their hands and hit their knees. And so he did that to them quite a bit, but they're just, he wasn't trying to shake one tackle. He was trying to shake two, three, four top end speed. Doesn't seem like what it was. And I, it seems like he's aware of that. He, he tries to cut back a little more often rather than trying to hit the edge, which is actually decent self-awareness. Um, but overall, if I were just judging on skill set on the very few snaps that actually allowed me to, to gauge something, because so few of them allowed me to, I mm-hmm. think McCoy last year would have been the best running back on the roster by a fair margin. It's really interesting. Nate, do you agree with that looking at this year's running back room and how does this shake things up there? 
Yeah, I, I think now there's an understanding that we have two reliable running backs on the roster. And I know mm. fans are, like, geeked and, like, ready to go. And, heck, you might have drafted Darwin Thompson in your in your fantasy league, which is not a terrible mm-hmm. decision. But I think the, 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 the benefit for the Chiefs now is they have two guys on offense, McCole Hartman and Darwin Thompson, that they can bring along slowly. Like, yeah, there was a point before Saturday night where it's like, man, Darwin Thompson's going to play like 20 to 25 snaps against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And, you know, the Jacksonville Jaguars are still an above average defense. Uh, mm-hmm. or, we, or we sort of project that going into the season. Mm-hmm. So that's a lot to ask of a rookie who's undersized and who has never faced real NFL competition. Now you have LaShawn McCoy and Damian Williams, two guys who can catch the ball out of the backfield really well, two guys who can sort of play mm-hmm. off of one another. Um, Andy Reid's not going to kill anybody in terms of carries this season. I mean, I, I was under the impression a couple weeks ago when Andy Reid, I think, told uh, XM Radio that, hey, we may do running back by committee. And I was like, I'll believe it when I see it, fellas. Because I, <laughs> right. I don't think they had the players to do that at a high level. I was just right. like, it's just Damian and, like, sprinkle in Darrell and, and Darwin when you can. Now that you have LaShawn McCoy, there is more of a capability of being, okay, we can use Darwin in passing downs instead of just, like, mm-hmm. clear on, like, hey, we need you to pass protect and be a receiver. Because, again, that's one of right. the hardest things to do as a young running back is, like, hey, protect the biggest asset in the NFL in Patrick Mahomes. LaShawn McCoy and Demi Williams mm-hmm. will be fine with that. And so I think they have a chance to really develop Darwin over the course of four to five weeks before he finds out what his role will honestly be this year. And then you have LaShawn McCoy, who Seth mentions, really good at cutbacks, really good at understanding sort of the space between him and the defenders that he knows what move to make, understanding blocking schemes. Hey, when it's there, okay, I can run. I can get four or five yards. When it's not there, okay, I can make something of it of myself because I still have the ability to do it. And then I still think people undervalue, and I know it happened in the preseason game, but people undervalue how good of, of a receiver uh, Damian Williams is. And that's yes. that has to be a nightmare for any team because – you know, the thing that the Chiefs always had over the Patriots was, well, we can just throw to the to the running back whenever we want. Um, yeah. Whether it was Kareem Hunt uh, a couple years ago or whether it was Damian Williams in the AFC Championship game. And that, that'll that always be the interesting thing is, like, how will Andy Reid use Damian and Darwin as pass options against linebackers? And how can you use, you know, LaShawn McCoy as a change of pace to Damian when given the opportunity? I think that's how it sort of shakes out right now. Seth, I want to ask you about throwing the ball even more or maybe running the ball a little more now because we talked about that a ton over the last couple of months. But but one thing on the ground, I know this is this is a little bit myopic and this is this is not necessarily the stat that matters most in an NFL running back room. Whenever the Chiefs signed LaShawn McCoy, I got a little curious about where the running back room was previously. Um, I, I look back to when they signed Carlos Hyde and thought, you know, that became a punchline pretty quickly because like mm-hmm. he was very clearly out classed in that room but they did sign Carlos Hyde like I don't think that was for no reason I think they wanted him to be productive I think bringing LaShawn McCoy now is actually uh, sort of adding to that line of thinking but so I I did copious amounts of strangely difficult research last night trying to figure out how many carries Darwin Thompson had in college which you have to mention because he started at Northeastern Oklahoma A&M which is a junior college he had 150 carries as a redshirt freshman and 185 as a sophomore, I think, because again, Juco running back carry stats are hard to find. Yeah. So Man, that's 335. 
Oh, Whoa. I did. No, I did. This took this took so upsettingly long because I have Pro Football Reference and this and the College Football Reference does not cover JUCO stats. So no. three, I, I got 335 carries in in junior college because again it could be wrong because JUCO stats and then 153 carries at Utah State, hardly the NFL. Last year, Damian Williams had 50 carries yep. with three starts. And I feel like that that it was like surprising for me to go back and look mm-hmm. at again because I remembered him being a bigger part of the offense. And, and he was through the air some, but three starts, 50 carries. He has 183 NFL carries in his career. He's been in the league for a long time, yeah. but he is he is at 183 NFL carries. Okay, right. so we're, we're talking 185 as a sophomore for Darwin Thompson, 153 last year at Utah State, 183 career NFL carries for Damian Williams, obviously zero for Darwin Thompson. Last year, those two guys then combined for 203 carries. Okay, yep. Damian Williams and Darwin Thompson combined just last season, one of them at Utah State. Last year was the first year since his rookie season in 2009 that LaShawn McCoy had fewer than 200 carries. Right. So I, I don't think that being a veteran is an automatically good thing to be in the end of I don't think that earned you a roster spot because we saw that happen with Carlos Hyde, where by the end of it, every, all the coaches were saying, well, he's a vet, and that's about the nicest thing we can say about him. Obviously, that's not enough to be uh, on an NFL roster, but with everything that we've heard Seth talk about going through the film reviews and all of that, and then everything we know about how this front office feels specifically about LaShawn McCoy. I do think that kind of matters. Is that is that fair to read into, Nate? I think that is. I, I, and I look, I appreciate the research because I hadn't really thought about that um, this weekend. But yeah, it's true. It's it's the idea that like at some point Andy's going to have to manage all these guys' touches um, because yeah. you're playing this for the long haul for like November, December, January. And if you're if you're fortunate, you know, in you know early february so there's there is a case to be made there and again that's why i think it's so important that they got a guy who still has some juice left in LaShawn mccoy that can play week one on a limited sort of you know package and then they'll build his you know roll up as we go along and then you don't have to put darwin thompson out there i think it's so important for andy Reid's offense for that for running backs to be fresh come playoff time because you're going to use them probably more as receivers or at least as much as receivers as running backs and that was the case for uh our conventional running backs and that was the case for Damian Williams last year so if you know if you're in that coaching room you're sort of saying hey let's look at the stats you know obviously the game situation will sort of dictate where we are don't forget about Darrell Williams you know he's still on the roster but he is guys, all of his 13 NFL carries I just pulled it up because like, I didn't check his carry he had 13 yeah, carries right. last year so you, you you have to manage this as best you can while also obviously trying to win games but you gotta you yeah. gotta have one or two guys fresh for the playoffs because that that really matters in the screen game the passing against linebackers and so that's a very good point that you bring up Josh the idea that like hey these touches are gonna add up because it's just you know the punishment these guys take is just it's, it's incredible honestly when you when you think about how many times they get hit so they need to be they need to be fresh as much as possible uh, as you're trying to get to the Super Bowl. Seth, last thing on LaShawn McCoy here before we talk about the roster cutdowns a little bit. Um, what does this do for the offense on a structural level? We've talked so much about how this offense probably not only can and should 
possibly would throw the ball an unprecedented amount of times. Like we could literally be talking about something that pushes the the extreme limits of how much you throw the ball in the NFL. I've been buying into that strategy because we've seen how much Andy Reid works in the screen game and the running back group that he has. These are dudes that like to catch the ball, but LaShawn McCoy can certainly take a handoff as well. Does LaShawn McCoy do anything to that outlook that you've had about how the Chiefs might throw the ball this season? I it doesn't. I don't think Reed is the type of guy that's going to significantly alter his game plan around a a late signing. I think he mm-hmm. one of the reasons they wanted McCoy is because they know he fits into the offense that they are already yeah. planning. And the great thing yeah. I've been advocating for a lot more two running back sets to try to drag in some more linebackers and get some mismatches in space. And Nate alluded to that, this idea of, you know what we're going to do? We're going to have three, you know, we're going to have Thompson and McCoy and Williams all in the personnel grouping and teams will be like, oh man, well, okay. So then they'll trot out their heaviest formation. And then Pat's going to say, all right, spread them out. Oh my God. (laughs) Inject that into my veins. We're going to end up, well, it's kind of like what we saw against the Niners. You ended up with, what was it? Solomon Thomas Green Damian yes, Williams defensive end yeah. covering yes. a, a running back. It, not not, not yes. just like hey on a little like you know flare yeah. out flat. No, <laughs> it's a wheel route. Yeah, and that's and that's where NFL defenses, from what I can tell, and I've talked to a lot of people a lot smarter than me about this, they still don't quite know how to handle multiple running back sets or running backs splitting out wide. There's no good answer. Uh, NFL defenses are you know the current en vogue thing is 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 pattern match coverage, um, you know, because that's what Saban and Belichick started doing. So now everyone does it. And the problem with that kind of stuff is it is still a zone in, in principle. And so you keep your corner out there and then all of a sudden you have to shift all your coverages. And then it's like, Hey, why is a linebacker covering Sammy Watkins across the middle? That doesn't seem right. ideal. <laughs> and so there's just so much that you can do there. And if you're in man, again, yeah. if you've got three running backs or two running backs out there, you're going to have an extra defensive lineman, maybe an extra linebacker. And then they split them both out wide. It's like, well, I suppose we could have our 250-pound linebacker try to run with LaShawn McCoy, but it ain't going to work. So I mm-hmm. think this leads more towards passing. I saw it, you know, at the big lunch thing they did. Travis Kelsey was like, I think we're going to pass the ball. Then we're going to pass the ball. Yes. Then we're going to pass the ball. Yep. I think he is being funny like he is, but I think there's a grain of truth to that. Uh, I have some breaking news as we've been having this discussion about LaShawn McCoy. He's tweeted, or he's put on Instagram uh, a picture of him jumping on Andy Reid's back, which is a very good picture, and then a picture of his locker at Arrowhead. Uh, do you guys know what number he's taken? I just saw this. Darwin get paid? I think Darwin, oh, Thompson I think got, Darwin got, got a check. check. <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to ask. Is what, do you think, what do you think Darwin Thompson just got to give up number 25 to LaShawn McCoy? I, I bet he got 50 bones. I mean... Look good for good for Darwin, man. Not only do you make no it, kidding, no, not only do you make an NFL roster, but you get a little change behind it before you ever get an NFL snap. How about that? Good looking out for you, young fella. You 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 have you have earned this all the way up. He just got. I mean, he got a like a raise just now. Like his yeah. his yearly his yearly cash this year is six hundred twenty two grand according to Spot Track. I mean, there's he might have just gotten he might have just gotten bumped up to seven hundred. He he, he could have like Seth. You said fifty. If Darwin Thompson wanted to play it a little tough, he gets like I don't know. Why don't you round me up? Give me give me to seven hundred this year. I'm gonna I'm gonna open a few more accounts. Yeah. Oh, good <laughs> good for Darwin Thompson. That's yeah. a big win. Mm-hmm. Uh. 
All right, so we've, we've I, I would say now, borderline exhausted the LaShawn McCoy discussion. Uh, the Chiefs uh, opening day second string running back got 30 minutes of a podcast, but it's LaShawn McCoy, so it's justified. Um, let's let's talk about the roster cutdowns a little bit because those did happen. The only one I think we've really mentioned at this point is uh, Carlos Hyde. He didn't even get cut. He got traded to Houston for uh, offensive line, lineman Martinez Rankin. Uh can either of you guys give me something on why the Chiefs made a move for an offensive lineman and how they got something out of Carlos Hyde? Honestly, I don't know how they got something out of Carlos Hyde. Honestly, when you look at the tape or, or if you were reading any anybody's reports in Kansas City. But yeah. to be fair, the Houston Texans are the model front office that you want in your NFL city. I mean, who's to say that they aren't exhausting all options, looking at all the tape? Oh, that's right. They don't have a general manager. In fact, they don't even have a front office. They just got some dudes yep. doing yep. stuff, I guess, for some, some Bill O'Brien. Of O'Brien. Yeah. I mean, they got some buddies. So He's Bill O'Brien woke up. There. I, I'm dead serious. Bill, Bill O'Brien must have woke up Saturday and was like, yo, I need to make all the moves to keep my job. Because, like, <laughs> oh yo, gosh. if we don't win this division with Andrew Luck retiring, and Marcus Mariota still being like, eh, and the Jacksonville Jaguars, like, eh, I mean, they're okay, but, like, it's Nick Foles and, like, a bunch of dudes. If we don't win this division, they are going to yeah. fire me. So, you know what I got to yeah, do, boys? Right. I got to wake up, have a mean breakfast, and get on the phone and make every <laughs> trade imaginable. <laughs> Can I tell you, this is this is off to the side a little bit, but can I tell you whenever I was out on Bill O'Brien, uh, I'm going to. I'm going to if you want it or I'm, not. I'm, I'm ready. Give it to me. The Texans draft Deshaun Watson. It's Deshaun Watson versus Tom Savage throughout training camp, an entire training camp, an entire preseason. They give the start to Tom Savage. I'm not even out yet, because here's the thing. Maybe you wanted to protect Deshaun Watson for a little bit. I right. don't really know where he's at. Mm-hmm. But Bill O'Brien and company have been watching these two dudes in training camp every day <laughs> since they drafted this guy. Like they've been, they, they, they are all about Deshaun Watson. They've been seeing Tom Savage. They watch all of those guys through camp through the preseason. They start Tom Savage. And then pull him at halftime. <laughs> yeah, they that pulled was him after 30 minutes. That and they'll give you 30 minutes of Tom Savage. Deshaun Watson era starts now at halftime. And I think oh, that was so against bad. the What are you doing? I think that was against the Jacksonville Jaguars when everybody realized, oh, they got a good defense. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, so and like Tom, bad. Tom Savage is getting destroyed. <laughs> Oh, I saw 30 minutes of Tom Savage and finally realized he's bad at this. Cool, Bill <laughs> yeah. O'Brien. Yeah. Cool. Oh, yeah, these months were not enough to know that O'Brien, I he he's got a he had maybe a good reputation more or less, but I I watched the offense they run and honestly if it weren't for the existence of Watson and DeAndre Hopkins. And De- yeah. mm-hmm. Yes. I, I mean, they they I I shudder to think like Watson, I don't he's no Mahomes. But I think if you put him in Reed's offense, I think he would be he's talked really about good. as a top. He'd be talked about as yeah. a top five to seven quarterback. Yeah, yeah. This, I, Deshaun Watson is really good and really good so at this. Good. But like he's he's taking the bus to Jacksonville because like the offense oh, yeah. is so bad. But but to oh, our, but, but, but but to our original point, uh, this is Brett Veach obviously realizing, hey, they don't have a yeah. GM over there. Let me see if I can make a phone yeah. call. <laughs> and basically, yeah. what, you're, what you're doing for 20 minutes is like, you're just going down the roster. Hey, what do you think about this guy? Do you like this guy? Do you like this guy? Yeah. Hey, actually, you know, we're going to get off on Khalil McKenzie just because like he needs more time to develop. And, like, we're trying to win a Super Bowl. And, like, hey, man, 
you guys drafted somebody in the third round a couple years ago, and I'm like, he only got four starts. What you think? What you think? You, you, yeah. You, yeah. yeah. And there, there had to be some point in the conversation, like, you guys are trading for, like, an offensive lineman, right, whether it's from Seattle or Miami yep. with, with Tunsil. So, like, if y'all doing that, like, why don't y'all just move on on that? And, hey, Carlos Hyde, the epitome of professionalism, the epitome yeah. of running hard <laughs> through the tackle. the locker room. He never yeah. got upset in the locker room. He understood his role. Never. Hey, look what he did for Darwin Thompson. You could, he yeah. could do that for you. <laughs> All I'm saying is you need somebody on week one. And let me tell you something. I got you somebody for week one. That's Carlos Hyde. Everybody had Carlos Hyde fantasy football. We all know him, Bill. Come get this Carlos Hyde. And Bill was like, you know what, darn it, let's do it. Yeah. Let's do it. Oh, my God. You talked me into it. Can't you just picture him saying things like, you know the thing about Carlos is he's a pro. You know, he shows up every day. You know what you're getting with him? You know that he's going to do the Andy, same thing day in and day out and give 110%. Andy Reid's on the other Bill side. Like, it's like nodding. Andy Reid's on the other side of the desk from Brett Veach doing the thing that you like you do whenever your friends are having a prank call. You're like trying not to laugh. Like you're putting your yeah. hand up over your mouth. You're like facing away from the phone because you're trying not to make them laugh by seeing how hard you're laughing silently. And Brett Veach <laughs> yeah. is like, no, no, I got it. I got it. I got it. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Call the, call the league no. right now. Call it in. Call it in. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah, Bill. Thing. No, listen. Can you throw in a sixth? Or, no. Okay. Oh okay. God. I guess yeah, we'll you, do it. You can just. I'm seeing it now. Oh, it's terrible. Like somebody from a cap. Like you know, you have like those. Like if you watch draft day or any like football movie, whatever. Like they always have the like, salary cap specialist. There's always a guy that's like, hey, yeah. you got the numbers. You got the numbers. Because like, if you trade for Carlos Hyde, you have to take on his contract. You have to take on his contract instead of him being cut, and then like you sign him to a new deal that's cap friendly for your team or your situation. <laughs> and so, how nobody in Houston was just like, I mean, unless they really, I mean, in some ways they wanted to move off from 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 their own player, and I get that, but like you just drafted him, like like and not mm-hmm. in like the sixth round with with uh, right. Khalil McKenzie, like this was a third round draft pick, like someone of like value. Um, yeah, to move off on him and then to be like, well, if you don't take this phone, like if you don't agree to this, there's only other one move the Chiefs can do, and that is to call Carlos side and say thank you very much, but like we're gonna have yeah. to, yep. we're gonna have did to release no you today. Did no one, did no one say that? Was no one in the room with Bill O'Brien? It's like you know, Bill, I. I'm pretty sure they're going to cut him. I'm, they're gonna like, cu- yeah. The reason they're calling you is because it's you- the last call before they cut him. <laughs> yeah. Can you picture like someone starting to say that and Bill just staring at him? Get out. <laughs> just, like, just like, I don't need that kind of negativity in here, all right? When you have a chance to get a professional, like, and you, you know, Reed and Veach are giggling on the other end, listening to him shout at some intern that's like, no, but Bill, seriously, but Bill, I think we can sign up to, a le- to less money on another one year yeah, deal. Yeah. Bill, come on, Bill. You just see him. Oh, Bill, Bill, you're fired. And just, just kicking him out. I can see the scene, and it makes me feel bad for Houston fans because I'm sure they deserve yeah. better than this. And, they, and look, they yeah. still might win the division, but it's going to be entertaining to watch the AFC South this year. <laughs> oh, it is. It absolutely. We, we were talking before the, doing the show. Like, if we have next time at the end, we'll clown on the Texans for a little bit. Nope, we did it already. We did it, it was already. too good. It was, oh, that's it was too good to leave behind. Because, yeah, because the Texans are currently being run by Mike McCarthy, but drunk on power uh, the Colts the Colts just lost their franchise quarterback the Titans might legit start Ryan Tannehill and the yes. Jags have big bleep Nick like that's I, that's that division right I now mean, that, that, division that, is is a, that is just like a division unlike anything
think we've seen in a while. Remember when like the NFC West yeah, was insane. like terrible and like the Seattle Seahawks yeah. got into this got into the playoffs with like a seven and nine record? Who's to yeah. say that doesn't happen in the AFC South this year? Like who's to oh, say? Absolutely. Who's, who's it, winning it, nine games in that division? It might be the Texans, right. but man, Deshaun Watson gonna have to ball out. Yeah, he's going to have to be unbelievably good because it's like, oh, well, we traded for one offensive lineman. It's like, that's a start. That's a start, but, but there's four other dudes that yeah, are, like, breathing down Deshaun's neck. I know. It's so bad. He really does deserve better than that because I haven't even heard him, like, complain. No. And, no, he, like he's been say, great. He's a, he's a great guy. Wait till that contract comes up. We'll see if he stays so quiet. Let's see if... Let's see what those numbers. I'm pulling up right now. Hold on. Now I'm on spot checking for Deshaun Watson yeah, numbers. This I can't believe that we're here right now. As, as you look this up, Josh, I just want to say, what's is, is it? I know you can't do it because it's like it's the NFL and like guys are being paid to like do their one job very well. That being said, uh, I might want to think about JJ Watt as a guard. I just hey, I mean he he mentioned it <laughs> during a preseason game that like hey, yeah. uh, somebody's got to protect our quarterback. I may I may yeah. tap I may tap JJ on the on the shoulder and be like, hey young fella, you want to get on there in that left guard? You know, we got we got the left yeah. tackle. You want to be the left guard now? Can't be worse. Cannot be worse than what they're currently doing. Yeah, I mean yeah. he's I mean he's on the Mahomes track basically. Like whenever whenever Mahomes gets that deal and Deshaun Watson's looking to get that number matched, uh, we'll see. If, I'm I'll be really curious to see what uh, Houston ends up doing. Okay, again, a lot of time on Houston, but I think it was worth it. Here's what I'm going to do, guys. I'm going to give you like five roster cut down storylines, and you guys can each pick one of them you want to talk about and see if any of it surprises you at all. Okay. Um, okay. So they they cut and re-signed Jeff Allen. That's basically some some number game stuff. So they can right. put Chad Henney on the IR, who he could return ultimately. Um, something new from last time we talked: Breland Speaks will not be back at any point this year. Nor will Garrick Dieter. Their seasons are completely over. They didn't do the numbers game thing. They went straight to IR, so they cannot return. Um, they did end up releasing Jeremiah uh, Tauchu uh, after I said that I hoped he made the team. He did written, make the initial cut, uh, but then ended up getting released as they're, again, moving some names around and everything. Uh, Kyle Shermer makes the practice squad over Chase Litton. The practice squad includes Jimmy Murray, Kyle Shermer, Marcus Marshall, Nick Kaiser, Cody Thompson, Jody Fortson. I'm gonna, oh, and Khalil McKenzie gets cut and not on the Chiefs practice squad. He goes to Seattle's practice squad. Mm-hmm. Nate, pick some things there that you think are interesting. Uh, Cody Thompson, this was the right move. They must have figured out that the league wasn't 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 uh, wasn't watching tape of Chiefs preseason games. So right. this is the At right Houston move. Wasn't we now? Um, you know, I, I did see your tweet, Seth, about hey, someone check Nate Taylor's vitals when they cut. When they <laughs> well, cut that, was that was my tweet. That was my tweet. That was your tweet. Did Seth also tweet that? Yes, and and men, yes, I also tweeted it, and many, many, many more people saw it. So it's yeah. the one that oh, really exists. All right, Seth. Yeah, yeah. Listen, so, by the way, hey, can somebody at the Athletic get me verified on Twitter? <laughs> I don't know who I have to talk to. <laughs> so, but this uh, is my third show. So, hey, look. I, in, in terms of like, with uh, I don't know if you mentioned this uh, earlier, Josh, but like, De'Anthony Thomas is suspended because of you know smoking that weed. Oh yeah, um, right. Yes, for, for week one. Yeah, so, Tremont Smith made the team, and De'Anthony Thomas was suspended. I actually had those on the same line in the dock because I believe those two things to be directly correlated probably yep and, and so like it, I guess you know Tremont is technically the sixth receiver if they want to have that guy be active but in some cases like there's a chance that like if, if any of these guys are going to get bumped up to the active roster for week one it might be Cody Thompson just because of the uh, D'Anthony Thompson suspension so I think that's you know a mm. little a little interesting Seth you got something that jumps out to you uh, other than future Super Bowl MVP Jody Fortson, 
practice squad. We got him. He and, he and Cody Thompson are there together, holding hands so with the practice so squad. He's, he's, like, he's, he's the future, next Kurt Warner? Is that what you're future, saying? Future, future co- I'm sorry, Nate. Future co-MVPs. Jody Fortson and Cody Thompson. Thompson the, yeah. year, the year is 2025. After a Super Bowl in which Fortson and Thompson accounted for 660 of the Chiefs' 700 yards, yep. the, they win mis- co-MVPs. Mis- Mismatch nightmares, you know. Yep. Absolutely. Uh-huh. One by doing it in very different ways. Thompson by running good routes. Fortson just by being very be tall. tall. <laughs> be tall. <laughs> Go out there and you be tall. Coach, I don't know if I could do it today. You know what? You were born to be tall. I believe you can be tall. You will be tall. Okay, coach, I'll go be tall. And that's how it's gonna go exactly. Um I, I don't know any- besides that. If any XFL team brings in Chase Litton, Jody Fortson, and Cody Thompson, we will all buy jerseys yeah, of that exactly. team. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I am look, there. Look, I'm halfway there, okay? The, 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 yeah. the, the, all I have to do is click the button on Amazon. That's all I have to do. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've got I'm a custom <laughs> Litton jersey ready to go. Mine actually just says Liddy. Liddy. <laughs> I like that. Liddy scent. Um, so other than Fortson and Thompson, I'm glad they made it. I Marshall showed a little bit. Nick Kaiser seems fine, but he spells his name wrong. Um, right, and I, I'm I wish they'd kept Litton instead of Shermer, but I'm glad they kept the guys that they kept. I'm glad Allen's around. Basically, they really did, in my opinion, all the obvious things mm-hmm. except one, which I think we'll probably end up talking about. What do you want to talk about, Seth? What? So, are you Nate? Are you playing corner this year? <laughs> or, you know, if this was if this was the if this was like 2005 and I'm 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 in high school at Hickman Mills High School and I'm playing you know cornerback and receiver hey uh, I may take the phone call you know I'm a little past my prime <laughs> yep but the but the but the point is still valid Seth uh, they have they have four cornerbacks right now. Four? <laughs> and one of them is Rashad Fenton. Is he actually a quarterback? Why is, is why is Tremont Smith on this roster that, if Rashad Fenton is? is I'm so list? confused. That's the list. I, think, look. I thought they kept someone. They, oh yeah, they didn't keep Miller. They didn't keep Wade. Nope. It's nope. like it's like no, none of them. They traded Mark Fields. <laughs> Mark Fields. It's like LeBron's countdown in reverse. It's like not six, <laughs> not six, not, not five, five, not four. There's not even. There's not even a dude on the practice squad yet. Like I just oh told you, the practice God. squad. None of those guys' names started with CB in front of them. Yeah, I didn't. The, I really didn't think when you when you like so you know to pull back the curtain for people. You know, you you do a little prepare preparing. There's you know a little Google Doc, and Josh is like that. People the list would be of stunned quarters. about the amount of prepa- uh, preparation that I do. I would, as, it, it, but I thought you were kidding. The the thing that like <laughs> blows my mind. You thought I was kidding? No, no, no. I did. <laughs> The, the the thing that the thing that you know, people have to be remi- be uh, mindful of this on Sunday. Um, not only is there like a whole hurricane that we have to like keep an eye on, but like it's it's <laughs> Jacksonville in week one on you know just coming after Labor Day. It's gonna be hot down there. I mean, sweating those guys. Yeah, sweating as you walk out the locker room. Like this before you ever take a snap. This before you do any drill. This before you do any warm ups. Like you just gonna be sweating. And so the flu has got to be right. Like Andy Reid needs to be telling the the, the 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 equipment staff and the training staff, like, look, we gotta we like dudes gotta be hydrated. And so when you're playing cornerback in week one in Jacksonville, if any of these top three guys, that's Kendall Fuller, Bashad Breeland, Traverse Ware, if any of them have cramps, if any of them have something that like if their ankle gets turned, like 
say a prayer for the Chiefs defense because yeah. Nick Foles can get the ball there. I, I couldn't say that yeah, last yeah. year about you know Blake Bortles. Like Absolutely. You, know, you had to wake up and be like, I hope this is a good day for Blake Bortles because if it's not, <laughs> then we're kind of screwed. Um, but yeah. It's gonna be so hot down there, and like you just you just gotta pray. I, I would tell all Chiefs fans right now, just get on, just get put that on your prayer list. Like, don't any of these dudes get cramps, and that goes for like the safeties too. Although they have more reliable options, yeah. and so yeah, Brad Beach mentioned this in the teleconference on Saturday. We're like, well, you know, if something happens, we can just put Tyron Matthew at nickel, and it's like, but he's not supposed to be at nickel. Yeah, he's your he's, he's your safety. How he's about like your, we he's play like your him best at safety? safety. Like, yeah, let's, yeah. Let's, you, they're Lord, like, well, you know, yeah. Mont Thornhill, he played corner in in college, but it's like, but yeah, he hasn't played he hasn't played corner since he left college. So like, no, you know, I don't want, I don't want him at corner either. I, I no, that whole thing. Ugh. So you just hope those guys well, and, are like healthy and like good to go on week one. And so one name that I think we mentioned earlier, but not in this context, if they wanted to put Traymond Smith back around there, like if two dudes got hurt, I guess they could, yeah, right? I guess you, like I guess he, you just, he, you, you pulled Traymond back off to the, you know, from, from one bench, from the offense's bench on the sideline to the defense's bench to say, hey, you remember all this stuff we talked about in like the first week of training camp? Because we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna, we're gonna blitz through it right now. But man, like think about how crazy that move is in retrospect. Like, it was crazy then. It's crazier now. Yeah. Oh, I... They they seem to have a plan, but like I don't really know what it is. Cause like you like Brett Veach say, oh, we can just slide Tyrant, you know, to, to to corner. It's like yeah, but but how about you don't? Like how about or but, or we could get a corner. Like I'm yeah, talking crazy here. <laughs> remember what Steve Spagnuolo was saying about about putting Fuller in the slot permanently, where he said you know they kick him back outside in an emergency. Charvarius Ward, a dude that we really don't know about still. Charvarius Ward getting uh, getting cramps because the fluids weren't right. Like Nate said, that's that shouldn't be an emergency. That shouldn't <laughs> that shouldn't make you go to emergency protocol. Making Tyron Matthew play in the slot is emergency protocol. Two dudes go down, fine, all right, I get it. You know, Jordan Lucas having to cover somebody is an emergency protocol thing. Charvarius Ward getting an ankle tweaked should not mean that you have to hit the big red panic button. And frankly, man, like. I don't want to see Rashad Fenton on an NFL defense this season. I don't. I don't remember him doing one thing. I feel like as a corner, he got he he had fewer moments than Herb Miller right. or Demontre Wade yep. or yep. Mark Fields. Mm-hmm. Like all three of those dudes had more good moments. Fenton may have had less bad ones, but I don't remember him. No, right. I mean, I mean, he was pretty. He was pretty pedestrian. He was pretty just average. Just hey, like he's he's made it to this level, and he's clearly just a development draft pick. Um, but yeah, he could be he could be out there, homie. <laughs> he could be in uniform uh, in case something goes wrong. I, I I will make the point too for 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 our listeners. Like, I know they're probably in the same boat as like Seth and I, where it's just like, hey, like hey, you might want might want to hit that cornerback market. It appears that they're going to try to do this the way they did it last year. And I'm not saying whether that was right or wrong, but if you go back to the first couple weeks against Los Angeles and Pittsburgh. Uh, they trotted out, you know, Orlando Scandrick, and they were just like, look, we're going to see what it is, and then we'll sort of yeah. move off that. Morris Claiborne is coming back in week five. So maybe Andy yeah. Reid and Brett Veach are just like, hey, we don't want to jump too soon to get somebody in here. Uh, right. But let's just see how these guys play together under Spagnola's system for the first four weeks. And then if it really is a, a you know, a dumpster fire, if it really is sort of a – a, a a terrible situation, then we can we can start making moves in week three, week four, because that still allows you to trade for somebody too. And I think that as a point that needs to be mentioned, like the trade deadline, I don't think is until like week six. So 
Um, so there's still options, but as of now, it just seems like, hey, here are the guys we have on the initial 53. There was no one on the waiver wire that we were, like, ready to just, like, go jump at. And because the Chiefs are so successful last year, they were way deep in the line to claim somebody on waiver. So you could put in a claim, but, you know, if the Miami Dolphins or the Tennessee Titans put that, you know, put the same person down, they are rewarded that person because they stunk last year. So it just seems right. like they're in this weird position of like, hey, we might as well just see what it's like for the couple for the first couple weeks. And then if it's not what we want, then, yeah, we'll need to move on and, and sort of get somebody, another veteran like Morris Claiborne or, or sort of trade for someone who's got young developing talent. But right now it's, it's here's I the mean, thing though. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. The, if you're wondering what the cornerback market looks like in terms of finding someone with young developing talent, the chiefs traded Mark Fields away. Like they got, they sent him to a team that wanted him. I, I guess he was There's just nobody coming back. I, this is something to ask Andy and I, and I will do this, but like, it just appears to me that like he was either not technique sound or there was something else going on from a personality. Sure. Coaching. Hey, is he taking a coaching? Is he disruptive to some degree? Now look, I mean, he was an undrafted rookie. I mean, who who's to say, but that is something to ask Andy right. this week is just like, Hey, like, you know, if if like you were saying, Jazz, if he's popping on the tape more than for good and bad, <laughs> then, then Rashad mm-hmm. Fenton, then why aren't you taking the time to like continue to build him up at least on your practice squad, and then you can bring him up in week three, yeah. week four, whatever? Like, why 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 was it time to just move on to get a seventh round draft pick that may or may not matter? You know, come next spring. So that is a good question. Seth, last word. I think that what Nate said sounds right. All right, there we go. Well, I could have just, I could have just said uh, Nate. Nate, last word. We'll go ahead and put a cap on it then, because Seth has no more words left. Okay, very good. Uh, well, thank you for listening, everybody. Sorry that uh, Seth just threw a dead fish on the end of the show. I thought we were really going to keep this. I thought we were going to carry this energy all the way into the end, but but Seth Why decided that the show was over, bother. so I guess the show's over. <laughs> see, y- I, okay, see you on Friday. I'm sorry. You know what? I <laughs> hold think, on, no! I, think, I hold on. I think no, Nate, your, t- your, your setup Jeff. was too good. Oh, Nate what? was right. What? I, Seth? What? Oh no, I actually didn't have anything. I just wanted to unbelievable. So if you are listening to this show anywhere other than through The Athletic as a subscriber to The Athletic, please do leave us a review. Well, if you're listening on The Athletic, you know, if you really love this, you can go out of your way and uh, and go give us uh, five stars, maybe like write a little review up on Apple Podcasts and uh, let everybody know that this show exists and is worth your time and unbelievably small amount of money, as I, w- as, as I will refer to it from now on. Because we are talking about money, but literally like... An unbelievably small amount of it. If you want to uh, to subscribe to the Athletic, you get everything. I was telling my, I was I was preaching this gospel to my dad this week. I was like, "Listen, man, I, the the link is on my Twitter. I call my dad man. Apparently, uh, <laughs> links on my Twitter. You can get the Athletic for three bucks a month. It's like that's just for your guys' podcast. I said, "No, no, no, that's for yes. all the podcasts." It's like, okay, all the podcasts, but not the writing. No, that's for everything. <laughs> everything. That if yes. it comes out under the umbrella <laughs> of the Athletic, it's three dollars a month. So come on over onto the uh, the Athletic team, or if you're listening elsewhere, just at the very least give us a, a review and a rating. But really, you should you should just come on over. Plus, you can follow all of us on Twitter. 
Nate is at by Nate Taylor. He's at every single Chiefs thing all the time, doing all of the reporting. So follow him on Twitter at by Nate Taylor. Seth is doing film reviews of someone at every given moment at Real MN Chiefs fan. And I'm usually talking into a microphone somewhere and uh, promoting it on Twitter at JB Briscoe, occasionally tweeting gifs and uh, funny things. And you can get in contact with the entire show. Eventually, we'll do a mailbag or something uh, and use the hashtag TimesRs uh, or again TimesOurs because I cannot ever unsee that. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. And Nate, as you say every week, thank you. Time's ours. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>